UTMB gosh. is considered the Olympics of ultra running. So you started in the Olympics, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every other I started at Chase the Coyote, and then I went to UTMB. That's it. But <laughs> my story. Which, which one would you say is harder, Chase the Coyote or UTMB? <laughs> I mean, because we have Cardiac Hill. Come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah. They both had their challenges, definitely. <laughs> Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. What's going on in the world of Gotta Run Racing? We had a race! Finally! Yahoo! It only took two years. Island Lake Classic 5K, 10K. Everything went well. It did go well. Everyone was just happy to be back, and they thanked us for putting it on and got the permit for one of our events, which was great. It was awesome. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. And things worked out. So we're looking forward to next year. Yeah, we did all the COVID preparations. And That's right. We did what we... We had to do. We had to, to do, and uh, everyone was on board. Cool. And then uh, what other events do we have going on? Well, I'm going to be heading out with the Monarch Ultra Relay mm. in uh, less than a week. That's exciting. 1,800 kilometers across south- southern Ontario. Gone That's, for three weeks. I'm gone for three weeks. I'll be, uh, I will be reporting from the road on Facebook Live and on our channel as well, Gotta Run Racing. Cool. So just check us out on Instagram for that. Got around racing on Instagram and Facebook and Facebook and the all the Monarch Ultra on Facebook and Instagram. And we're still looking for virtual runners to complete our 430 kilometers. That's right. Cool. 4,300 kilometers. Oh, yeah. Each yeah. one doing 10K. Yes. Got it. All right. And for the rest of ours, we have Chase the Coyote. Island Lake. And Rainbow Run, all virtual. And we run the North, Canada's National Park. Still going on. All right. And who's on the podcast today? We have Amanda Wallace. Mandy Wallace, who just finished her UTMB. <laughs> and I can't wait to talk to her about how she got there, because I do believe she used one of our events to get her points. Woohoo! Woohoo! And it took her over 45 hours to finish this thing, which I think... She has lots to say uh, in I 45 so. hours. I, I would think so. She has lots to say in 45 hours. Yeah. So let's have her on and uh, get See to what's it. what. Okay. Okay. Coming up. Welcome to the podcast, Mandy Wallace. Thanks. <laughs> Are you in Toronto? I'm not in Toronto. Um, I moved out of Toronto during COVID and I'm now living in Brockville. Brockville. So about three hours east. Yeah. Oh, wow. Very it, good. Is this your first podcast? This is my first podcast. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so we have, we have an exclusive. <laughs> so first, tell us uh, when or why did you start running? Uh, well, I ran um, back in this area. I grew up in Brockville um, in high school and um, did quite well um, running, you know, the 1,500 and 10,000 meters in cross country. Uh, got a scholarship to the States and turned into a 10K runner in university. Wow. Which um, uh, university did yeah. you go to down there? Uh, Southeast Louisiana. Okay. Yeah, I went on a bunch of recruit trips and I had the most fun down uh, in New Orleans. So um, they turned me into a 10K runner down there and it was amazing. Wow. And yeah. you studied nursing, is that right? 
I studied kinesiology down there. Um, I did want to go into nursing originally, but with all the traveling, like we would be in Texas or Florida every weekend racing. Mm. Um, I couldn't really do placement. So I just, I did my sciences and did sport. Right. On that. <laughs> How did you get into ultras? So after university, I, um, you know, I injured my knee my senior year. Um, I always had ambitions to run the marathon and get to Boston. Thought I could do quite well with that. I seemed to always do better the longer the race was. Uh, but I hurt my knee and I couldn't run more than two blocks uh. for about 10 years. And I was really yeah. frustrated. So I, I quit the sport altogether and I just, I went back to school and started my career in nursing. Mm-hmm. Just did like cycling and played volleyball, but you know, I, I missed it. And I would get jealous every time people were running the Toronto marathon and uh, I, you know, I just wanted to do it. So, um, I was coaching one of my friends to run a half marathon and I made a program for her and we were kind of just walking around Riverdale park one day. I was like, why are we walking? And I made her run. And so I started walking as fast as I could next to her. Mm -hmm. And I, I figured, Hey, if I can't run, maybe I can race walk. Mm. Um, so I, I found a coach in Toronto, um, for race walking. And I did that for about a year. Um, and I really stretched my hips. I did like the masters 5k, the masters 1500 races, uh, at York university. It was pretty fun. Wow. Um, but yeah, he taught me the technique and I got strong again and I found a love for racing again. And I, I took a trip to New Zealand to do like the great walks. Yeah. And that was kind of how I got introduced to ultras is like the Milford, uh, the Milford Trek is about 56 kilometers in New Zealand. And people usually do it in multi stages throughout the day. And I went with a friend um, who was an ultra runner and she was like, let's try to do it all at once. And I was like, well, this will be my first marathon then um, (laughs) was an ultra in New Zealand. This was about 2018. I think we did it and we did it in about, like less than eight hours and my knee hurt a lot, but it felt so good to finish that. So, um, I started toying the idea of finishing a hundred miler and getting to UTMB. So that was <laughs> just 2018. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. very recent. So I, w- I was injured. Yeah. I was injured after the New Zealand trip because we did a bunch of ultras kind of like at once. Yeah. Um, and but then I came back and I really tried to like rehabilitate my knee and get serious again. Um, so having having just seen the Olympics in Japan and watching some of that race walking, how on earth are they faster than most people can run? I I don't understand the crazy. physics of it. I really don't. Yeah, it's really it's a really difficult sport. It's really technical. It's definitely harder than running, which is why whenever I realized I could run again, I was thrilled because training for that is brutal. And it's just, you're going, your heart rate just is high from the beginning. So Um, we used to do laps around high park. (laughs) What would your highest pace per kilometer or your lowest pace per kilometer be when you were doing that? Oh, I was trying to hit, um, low fives. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't understand. I, I could walk be like hard a twenty-two minute five k. Wow! It's always hard for me to walk somewhere. I say, if I want to go there, I want to run. It'd be hard <laughs> for me to walk, especially when the guy's in second place and he's. If he mm-hmm. just would run, he would beat the guy in first. <laughs> it's so frustrating yeah. to watch. Yeah, and then they give you a little right 
cards if you lift your foot. And so yeah. I get really miserable if someone tells me I'm doing something wrong, you yeah. know, and it's always, there's always a risk to be disqualified. It was, it was fun to race it. Wow. But, it it yeah. must be hard to be also, you're being judged. On yeah, the sport. exactly. Yeah. There's no judging yeah. running. No, you there's look no as silly now. as you want to be. <laughs> yeah. I look like a moron running my first hundred miler. I did half of it backwards. So, <laughs> So another question before we move on, because I'm really curious about race walking. Did the training for that, I assume the, the hikes in New Zealand were quite mountainous with altitude. So the, did the training for race walking prepare you for hiking? Definitely. Everything except for the descent. I have mm-hmm. I have trouble still, and that's what killed my knees at UTMB was just the, the descent. Like, yeah. At whatever I injured in university and I didn't go to physiotherapy for 10 years for, um, yeah, going downhill does not help, but yeah. on the inclines, my, my glutes were so, so strong and my hip flexors were so strong, yeah. um, probably from race walking that I could just fly on the, on the uphill. Wow. I would, I I've always thought that I'd much rather climb than go downhill, no. like in terms of those kind of climbs, like when you're climbing <laughs> when you're descending for hours not like you know running down a hill in Ontario that's great but when you have to do it for hours on end it's brutal yeah yeah and to train for it like living here um like most of my training was at Riverdale Park like just running up and down Riverdale Park for five six hours a day (laughs) I'd see families like come and go for their entire day and I'd still be there they'd look at me like I was crazy yeah I've been there all I had Yo, yeah. you again? <laughs> You're still yeah. here. That's all I have. I really haven't done much. I I qualified for UTMB um, in about five weeks, and it usually takes people about three years to do it <laughs> yeah. or more. So um, I saw that I could do it. I saw that the points were available. I picked two races. I got in, and it went. Um, so when was it, UTMB? It was nuts. When was UTMB <laughs> on your radar? Uh, UTMB was on my radar. So I did, um, after New Zealand, I came back and I entered, um, the Toronto marathon, Mm -hmm. which was my first race in 10 years, um, (laughs) aside from the race walking, uh, hadn't done much training, but I was like, I want to see if I can do the Toronto marathon. Um, and it hurt so bad that I ended up race walking half of it, um, which was good because I didn't have running shoes. I only had my race walking shoes. Mm -hmm. So that's what I entered the Toronto marathon with. And I qualified for Boston. Um, (laughs) so I was like, okay, um, I spent, I spent the next year kind of training for Boston, but Mm -hmm. in that time I did the, um, Seton Soaker 50 K, which was about a week after the Toronto marathon. And I was broken. Mm. Um, I was broken and it took me about eight hours to do that first 50 (laughs) K. Um, and I ended up finding a guy who was just as injured as I was. And we walked it in. There was no over quitting. (laughs) um and uh the first one where i was actually in shape was your race to chase the coyote Um, which would have been so like april to september kind of thing yes yeah Yeah. so i was relatively in shape for that one i had done some training and but it was my first you know 50k where i was nervous and i thought i had a chance to show that like 
you know, my redemption story from high school, trying to do a comeback. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I just remember somebody, one of the volunteers told me, you're in second place. And I, I said, how far is she? And I just, I spent like 20K trying to chase someone down. That was fun. After that was my, I was originally going to do the 50 miler in Bromont uh, in mm-hmm. Quebec. Mm-hmm. And then UTMB was on my radar at that time, just as something as like a personal challenge. Like I'm going to try to get in uh, yeah. because I was told that I was never going to be able to run again. And I felt like that was like the most elite one in the world. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So Bromont, I couldn't do the 50 miler. I had to do the hundred miler to get the five points. So I increased the distance last minute and just tried to get to the finish line. And it was, it was pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I heard Bromont is pretty tough to get to that finish line. We chatted with a few people who did Bromont and it's it's a tough one. Well, I think it was Vince. Was it Vince? He he, he, he DNF'd it like five times. We, we, yeah, just, we chatted with someone on a podcast yeah. and he tried five times to finish. He still couldn't finish it. I couldn't believe it. And I had no clue what I was getting myself into. I just knew that I was determined to not quit. My first 50 miles was great. The last 50 miles, I was walking down the hills backwards. My knees hurt so much. It was my first time using poles. So I had tendonitis in my elbows. Oh. I it, my I thought I tore my calf like walking up a hill. Uh, you know hallucinating in the middle of the night you're in like horse county and i just keep kept seeing these massive horses wanting to kick me Um, but i finished they weren't really there you just are you saying the horses were not really there i think there was one that was there yeah (laughs) yeah you're hallucinating i I finished that one and i don't speak french so people kept going la 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 and i was like no la (laughs) so i just wanted to get through the cutoff get my five points and then that one was around Thanksgiving. And so I was like, okay, what do I need to do to get into UTMB? Mm-hmm. And the only race that was available uh, before the end of the year to get the five points was one in the Middle East. So five weeks after Bromont, I flew to Oman oh, and yeah. did five that one. Five weeks. Yeah. And I didn't even know the night before the race, I uh, I tried to go for a run and it I couldn't. <laughs> so I stood on the start line at 7 p.m. going, just got to finish, get your five points and you'll get into UTMB. So out of everything, like of out of the 900 people that quit UTMB, there was no way I was going to quit after everything I went through to get there. <laughs> <laughs> what were the challenges in Oman? Oh, wow. That was crazy. It was so hot. Oh. Um, we were, we were bouldering, we were climbing over boulders. But um, this is in December, right? Yes, it was in December. And so the nights were cold. There was a very dangerous cliff. It was at 100k in. So we had just done 100k. The race is only 130 kilometers. I say only. Um, (laughs) But you're thinking, you know, I only have 30k left. Hmm. I'm getting my five points. I'm going to UTMB. I did it. I'm feeling very proud of myself. And then we get to this wall and we're trying to look at these green dots that they have us following. And it's just straight up. And I had no clue what I was going to do. I was so tired. And I had to put my poles away because what oh. they want us to do is like climb up this cliff. And so between midnight and three o'clock in the morning, three hours to do this one kilometer of this wall. And I was so cold. I was so tired. And I just kept screaming like, this is not running. 
Um, I felt like somebody was going to fly off the cliff. And whenever I finally finished hours and hours and hours later, the race director was like, are you going to come back? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, are you crazy? I said, did anyone die? Um, And he he assured me, he said, oh, we're not going to put that part in next year. Hey, guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Have you checked out our virtual series yet? We Run the North, celebrating Canada's national parks, features a total of 13 10 kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? Well, there's Algonquin, and then there's Banff, and then that's it. Anyways, medals that connect, license plate style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit gotterunracing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. Are you serious? Okay, so let me just hey, recap. Let me so just re- happy. Let me just recap the points here. Did you go, you choose Chase Academy because you were going to get a point towards UTMB? Is that the sole reason why? No, I just felt like doing a 50K while I okay. was in shape. Okay. Yeah. And then I think I was I was I was gearing up to Bromont, I think, at that time. So how but I'd never run farther than a marathon. Because right. I also got into UTMB. I was supposed to do it last year, but now they gave me three years to defer. And I'm gonna do it in twenty twenty three. So how many points did you need to get to UTMB? In twenty 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 apply? Yeah. Ten. I needed ten. You needed ten. Yeah. Points. So I got in last year and it was canceled oh, wow. um, and i decided to go this year it probably would have been better for me to defer for a couple of years you know get my knee in shape and actually be able to run a downhill um but i tried my best <laughs> well i have to tell you when we um we were really excited for utmb weekend because we know we've watched before and the coverage is amazing like there's no other ultra that's covered the way it is and access to coverage, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. So we were excited because Norm was going to be there last year. You know, we were wanting to follow the Canadians kind of the way we did for Western States. So we're looking up all the Canadians and you come up. And for whatever reason, I clicked on your ITRA button and I hadn't done that in anybody else. I saw Chase the Coyote on there and I'm like, oh my God, I think this is the only person (laughs) who's ever had our event. our event on their ITRA. Yeah. So it was worth it. It was worth one of my only ultras. <laughs> yeah. Even though it really didn't help you get in. I need pretend. to come defend my record. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right. So let's get into. Yeah, let's chat UTMB. So how long oh. before the race did you arrive? I'm still on a pink cloud from this. I'm going to ride this for a long time. You should. Uh, <laughs> Just a few days, maybe four or five days before. I flew on on the 23rd, so the race was the 27th. Yeah, you- I got a hotel right by the finish line. Oh, sweet. Wow. So you, you stayed into the in the village then? Yes. That must have been... Yes, I've been to... Sh- it was about my fourth time in Chamonix. Oh, wow. Um, so I knew kind of where I wanted to be. Did you go by yourself? Uh, I went actually with a friend for the first time. I usually do these things by myself, but, um, I, it was my first time having a crew and it was much needed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I had a lot of puke bags handed to me. (laughs) 
So we know your training up, up to the race was Riverdale, your knee's not feeling great, but you're going to give it your shot. So what did it feel like the day of the race? Cause it starts in the, the late afternoon. So how are you feeling? Yeah. Uh, I was, I was nervous, you know, it's like trying to put food down and then we have to deal with, you know, our drop bags before the start of the race. So I actually stayed up really late the night before and slept until about noon that day. Mm. Um, so just like puttering around and getting my kit together took up most of the morning. I think that I rushed to tr- try to figure out where to put my drop bag. R- my crew had to find their bus and all of a sudden, you know, you didn't know what the atmosphere was going to be like because of COVID, but standing on that start line and seeing what you're used to watching like year after year on yeah. the YouTube and the clapping, and there's a tightrope walker. And <laughs> oh, I was like, I, I did the trek. I went over last year mm-hmm. um, when it was canceled because my flight wasn't canceled mm-hmm. and I trekked it with my tent. Oh, wow. um, so I knew the course in my brain and I walked it during the daylight before. So I, I knew what I was getting myself into, wow, um, but it took smart. me five days to walk it last year. Um, <laughs> And it was raining and it was cold and I knew that Switzerland sucked. And mm. so I, I was just like, can I do this in less than 46 hours? Right. So I knew, I knew how long it was. How long do you have to get into the shoot before the race starts? Yeah, they were letting us in. So we went in waves um, and I was, I was in the first wave. I wouldn't know because I was, I was pushing it. So mm. I got in probably half an hour before um the the buzzer went not too bad and just to backtrack for a sec what was the um the covid situation in terms of protocols or was there anything that you came across that was a bit no it was pretty good like we all had to prove that we had our negative swab and our double vaccination before we even got our numbers so if people kept their masks on in you know the starting area just to be polite because we're nice but um You know, we did it at the aid stations as well, but we got tired and we forgot nobody really gave us a hard time. Yeah. Uh, It's difficult because I work in hospital too. And so being, you know. (laughs) Do you have a strategy now going into this race? You know the course, you know, probably much better than most (laughs) for the first time. What was your strategy going into this race? When the start, right? The start line goes off? Yeah. Did you know where yeah. you wanted to get to before certain? Did, did you have some certain strategy or? I did. The first part is the most runnable part of the course. And I was like talking to a bunch of friends that I had, had met in Oman. We met up mm-hmm. uh, for dinner the night before. And um, yeah, it's really neat meeting the trail runners from all over the world and, you know, having that final destination together. It was quite exciting. Uh, yeah. The first part was the most runnable part. So I said, you know, while my knees are feeling good I'm just going to try to run the flat sections while I can and I went out pretty good like I wasn't I wasn't feeling tired like it seems like my first half was pretty quick Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't start feeling that painful twinge until about 80 kilometers in the halfway kind of Cormier aid station where my crew was uh, was at 87k so when the sun was coming up that first morning I knew that I had some knee braces waiting for me before we got into like the massive peaks in Switzerland. Right. But before that, when you did your first climb at the La Devrette, I think what the name of that, that mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were first mm-hmm. climbing that 
first hill, what were you thinking? Because you knew that was the mountain, first, mountain. Yeah, first mountain. <laughs> it's not like cardiac hill, like chase the coyote. This is an actual mountain. No. But no, yeah. you're thinking that this is the, one of the smallest mountains I'm climbing. So, you know, what were you thinking at that mountain? <laughs> It's really defeating, um, especially at nighttime. Um, I was really grateful that I had seen it in daylight before because it's very beautiful. But at nighttime, all you see uh, are the headlamps that are in front of you and that are really, really high up. So it's like, oh. I still have to I still have to go there. Get to that light. Yeah. And I'm cold and I'm like, okay, where's my jacket? Where's my jacket? Have I eaten enough? I'm trying to force feed myself. And at this point, I had been... I started getting nauseous at 30 kilometers into this. So I did about, I did 140 K of UTMB without any nutrition. What? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh my liquid diet or like. I tried. Yeah. No, it was just pure adrenaline. Oh wow. my gosh. Were you surrounded yeah. in the first 30 K or something? It was yeah. constantly surrounded by so many people. It was like a conga line. It was amazing um, going through the little towns in the beginning, you know, and seeing all the little kids and I did the high fives and it, it just felt so nice. And everyone's like saying your name because they're like, go Amanda. It felt really nice. Um, and I just, I just tried to soak it in. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So you're right. climb, you're climbing at night and then you're send. Okay. So where are you when the sunrise is coming up the first time we have the map in front of us. So we're just trying to get our bearings. Were you in Switzerland at this time or would you cross first uh, Italy? Uh, Italy. Um, yeah, the sun was coming up doing, it was like after Cormier. So you're on top uh, of a mountain? Uh, you were, oh, wow. were you on top of a mountain when the sun rises? Oh, that's too bad. Cormier. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was descending into Cormier when the sun was coming up. <laughs> so that was, yeah, and I was so happy to see it. Because all I wanted was coffee. I was like, coffee, 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 coffee. But <laughs> right. I wasn't able to keep any coffee down at that point. I remember I did a race in Switzerland where the sun was rising. I was happened to be on top of a mountain when the sun rise. So rose. rose, sorry. So I just took 10 yeah. minutes and sat there and just watched it rise because I know I'll never <laughs> see it again there. So yeah. yeah. The second time the sun rose in UTMB, I definitely got a sunburn. I was at the top. Oh, God. oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> So but I did, took a nap. <laughs> I was going to say, did you take any kind of a break at the first uh, sleep station, which was La Le Chapeau? No, no. no. I, took, I took about 20 minutes in Cormier. At that point, I knew my knees were pretty beat. And I had never actually um, run more than half an hour in those knee braces I put on. Mm -hmm. um, they were kind of just like recovery knee braces, but I was desperate and... Um, I, I wanted to see how they would feel. So I kind of just wanted my constant forward motion. I tried to eat what I could and said, this is as good as it's going to get right now. And it's daylight. So yeah. I knew that I was fast on the climb. So I wanted just to get going because I knew I was, I was going to be slow going downhill from, from that point on. And I had 90 K left, I think. Right. <laughs> but then how difficult were the climbs at night? Because you cannot, you only can see the top, Based by someone's light, and you've never really the climbed anything like that before, so yeah. Like at night, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, the rocks were difficult, and your poles would get stuck. So you'd have mm -hmm. to, you know, you'd be going forward, and then your poles would get stuck, and you'd be tired, so you'd have to go back. And people were falling, and 
men would be sleeping on the side of the mountain shivering, you know, <laughs> and you just want to make sure everyone's okay. I was gagging. It was really hard. And then you knew and there was a casualty the day before during a race. So you take yeah. that with you and you just try to be safe. Um, but the rocks are wet and your feet are wet. And, you know, it's it's not safe. What was that section like where the, the runner passed away? Was it was it really? It was a, yeah, it was emotional and I just knew how tired I was and I knew how many times I had tripped and fallen and mm-hmm. how many bruises and scrapes I had and I just you know I just tried to be careful I knew my parents were worried about me yeah um <laughs> and at this point you know I was so sick that all I wanted to do was finish the race in time so yeah I definitely dialed it back a bit through that section and took a moment yeah well were there were there flags when you crossed into Italy and then Switzerland was it made known no it's just uh you just know the way that people greet you you know um the the language switches and yeah it must be in italy (laughs) that's so cool interesting and so where were you on top of the where were you at the second sunrise let's talk about how the sun rised for the second time and what was your strategy second night that second night was rough really that second, that second night was really cold. There was snow um, on the top of oh, wow. the peak. I was coming in and my stomach was wrecked at this point. So there was an aid station and I ended up spending a couple hours at it. And I'm not usually one to stop and, and sit, but I couldn't stop growing up. And uh, my crew convinced me to take a nap, do that final climb in the sunrise and I'll still have time to finish. Mm -hmm. So I laid down and I said 15 minutes and then I said 15 more minutes and then 15 more minutes. Um, So uh, luckily I was able to see the sunrise again, right where like you see the beautiful, like massive of Mont Blanc, like Mm -hmm. uh, after Valocrine up on that, on that last peak, um, which is good because it's quite dangerous up there as well. It's a bunch of just boulders that you're trying not to fall into a crevice. On would, top of the mountain. Would refreshed be the wrong word that you felt after these naps? <laughs> I don't know how you could sleep. Uh, I think I was just afraid I wasn't going to make it. Um, I was like, okay, I, I never take that long at an aid station. Now am I going to make it? And I was looking around me and I was just trying to do calculations in my head. Okay, I really need to hammer the uphills. I really need to hammer the uphills. And so I'd be passing people. Um, and it was just kind of like, I would zoom past 25 people going up and then they'd all pass me on the down. So, that would be me. Oh, <laughs> it's just a battle. Yeah. Oh. And I'd just be like, sorry, it's the only time I can go fast. And I, I'm afraid I'm not going to make it. Um, it was, it was hell. And in coming into the end, I thought I still had 20 kilometers left when I guess it was about seven. Ooh. Um, because I'm, I'm not used to put my watch in endurance mode. And I guess the way the GPS pings the towers, like it doesn't get every kilometer. And so I'm thinking that I'm not going to make it because I still had 20K. But I couldn't figure out where the course was going because I kind of knew where the end was. And I'm like, yeah. are they going to make me loop around town? I didn't understand. Uh, and I had a friend who ran the, I think it was the CCC the day before. Um, and he was standing on the top of the hill and he let me know, no, you only have seven kilometers. So I, all I knew is I had to get my butt down that hill. So mm-hmm. I could say that I finished this thing. But there was a time where we were watching you. You were kind of at the top of the Canadian 
of other Canadians. You that were, we were following, yeah. yeah. But so the, when other Canadians were coming up to you, did you greet each other saying, or did you even know that you were being passed by other Canadians or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew some of them. Yeah, we definitely talked and, okay, you, cool. you know, cheered each other on. And <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. Were you aware that you were chasing cutoffs at a certain point or did it just sort of catch up with you at some point? Just at the end, just yeah. after I napped and then regretted napping. I said, I'm going to regret this nap forever because I'm not coming back here. And I just remember telling my friends, if I ever say I'm doing this again, tell me no. <laughs> but, you know, you get into that place where as soon as you cross the finish line, it's so exciting. And it's, the, <laughs> you know, the greatest moment of your life. And I'm thinking of like, what can I do next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be hard to talk. I'm just getting started. <laughs> did anything happen along the way as far as um, did you bond with another racer? Because I remember I when I did one in Austria, one of the other racers bought me an ice cream cone. And even to this day, he and I still chat because we bonded over this race. <laughs> did you guys? Did yeah, you I was surprised. I think everyone at UTND was just so wrecked that I didn't. I didn't have any like camaraderie there no. uh, in Oman though. I, I met so many guys who I went through difficult sections with who I was able to talk to mm -hmm. at UTMB. We would pass each other, but I remember finding it weird being like, Oh, I thought the trail runners were all supposed to, you know, be chatty and talk to each other. And anytime <laughs> I tried to try strike up a conversation, I just kind of got grunts. So, okay. <laughs> I put, it's like I never listen to music when I'm running trail or running races, but this time I was like, I, I guess I'm just going to listen to music so yeah. I don't feel this pain anymore. And there's only 9% of the field are women, so it's not like, you know, women like to chat when they run, whereas yeah. guys tend to be a little bit more in their heads, so yeah, it's, pretty much. <laughs> it would be difficult. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, but definitely whenever, you know, I'm getting sick on the side of the mountain, the men would stop and see if I was okay. And when oh, they were good. keeled over sleeping. Oh, what a when you finally <laughs> when you finally came down the last mountain and you had to cross that street with the staircase oh. over the bridge and back down. What was going through your mind about <laughs> that? I couldn't stop screaming. <laughs> I was just so proud of myself. Aww. I was just so proud of myself. But from that there, I made it. my knees hurt so much. Did they? <laughs> oh my gosh, I can feel her pain. I can. From that point to the finish line, was it, was it crowded? Was the was the everyone out? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the middle of the afternoon, <laughs> so like, oh man. And then like my friend Marion, um, he's from Romania. He he was the guy who was kind of standing up at the top yeah he had already made it down the hill to cheer me on and just clapping the hands of little kids and I went I went nuts I was screaming my head off the entire time trying to race walk it in being like okay don't walk it in but then I saw one of my friends at the end and she jumped up and gave me a hug and gave me kind of a slap on the butt and said like get your butt in there and I yeah. just started running as fast as I could and screaming <laughs> um but yeah Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Did you know the monarch butterfly is the ultra runner of the insect world? Covering over 4,000 kilometers every year during their migration from Mexico to Canada. Is that what they mean when they say the butterfly effect? 
That was a weird movie. We've launched the Monarch Ultra Virtual 10K. You can run, walk, hike, bike, or flap your wings virtually anytime, any place. You'll receive a beautiful two-sided medal featuring a stunning monarch, as well as a custom neck gaiter, all while supporting Camp Kawartha in Peterborough. Our goal is to have 430 participants across North America, each completing 10K, representing the collective distance of the monarch's migration. Sprint to GottaRunRacing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. You finished at the so best surreal. possible time because everyone's out there and you got your money's worth. <laughs> like I got my money's worth. They don't give us any medals. There's no medal. Yeah, what's up with that? You, they, you got nothing when you cross the finish line. They gave us like a green vest. A oh, finisher's yeah. vest. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just like, wow, I really thought I'd get a medal or something. Yeah. Uh, no, no belt buckle. <laughs> Yeah, no. belt buckle. You get I would make one. If I, <laughs> I, I kind of want one. Yeah. yeah. I kind of want one. Not enough to do again, but yeah. Wow. Did you see any of the um, award ceremony or were you too wrecked at that point? No. no. Yeah. No, I was wrecked, but I was less wrecked than I was after Bromont. So really promising. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. When you finish something like this, of course, you're destroyed and all that, and you feel like you're never going to do it again. But when you finally cross the finish line, was a part of you sad that it was over? The adventure is over. Uh, it's just been so crazy. I'm still, I'm still just so proud that I was able to do it. And I didn't realize that so many people had dropped out mm-hmm. until afterwards or like how difficult other people found it. I, you know, you hear that Oman is the most difficult foot race in the world. And then you hear UTMB is the most elite. And I have no clue. Like, I'm so new to trail running. (laughs) I knew Oman was hell. I thought UTMB would be easier than Oman, but it was 10 hours longer than anything I've ever done. And I just, I can't believe, I can't believe that. (laughs) I can't believe I did it. So I'm still just riding that cloud of, of, yes, I'm so happy that this is over and that I did it and I accomplished this, but I could probably get back here in three years again and see if I can go any faster. Well, there has been some elite runners who did not finish, with Jim Wansley did not finish, and Beth Pascal, who who finished Western States, did not finish. So the fact that you grunted it out <laughs> over these elite <laughs> runners yeah what does that say yeah <laughs> it probably says it's going to take me another year to recover and they're probably going to race next weekend <laughs> how are you feeling how are the knees the knees are better than expected mm. i can finally uh, go down my stairs without grimacing after a week and my toes are numb i guess they call it christmas toes Apparently, they said you won't have feeling back in your toes until Christmas, and that's all the information I got um, <laughs> about numb toes after ultras. So, yeah, I'd like to get a pedicure, but I feel like it's dangerous to do that right now. Do you have um, toenails but, left? Yeah, they're just black. Okay, but all like, right. I surprisingly, my feet didn't get as swollen as as they normally do. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm on the up and up in my injuries. Uh, so there's hope. Well, oh UTMB gosh. is considered the Olympics of ultra running. So you started in the Olympics. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Every other I started ultra at Chase the Coyote and then I went to UTMB. That's it. But my story. 
which, which one would you say is harder, Chase the Coyote or UTMB? <laughs> I mean, because we have Cardiac Hill. Come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah, they both had their challenges, definitely. <laughs> would Western be on your radar? Is that something that would be? Ugh, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. I'm going to get back to the gym this year. I was doing it like pre-COVID, you know, if UTMB was last year, I was actually going to the gym. My knee was feeling good. I was going to physiotherapy when everything shut down for COVID and I was just working so much. Yeah. Just, I stopped doing like the strengthening stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I actually just took the time to work on my body and got fast and got strong, Western States might be in the cards for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should listen to the podcast we did with Bev Abs. She can tell you all about knee injuries. And she's breaking yeah. records today. That's right. So. Don't listen to the doctors, yeah. even though you're in the medical field. Don't listen. No, no. I'm just very thrilled. I didn't have to do any of those mountains backwards. It's the only, it's the only reason I got through Bromont. I was taking my poles and my headlamp and going like, okay, oh trying not to fall. And these men were passing me like, are you nuts? And I saw them at the finish line. We're still friends today. So, um, Yeah. People really think that my story's kind of funny and a bit crazy. Maybe some multi-day uh, ultras would be of interest to you because yeah. obviously you like to travel. Trans Rockies, and you can yeah. you can recover. I've been in looking between. at the Moab two forty. I've been looking at that one. I've been looking at the Canadian Death Race. I'll be. I also say I'm retiring, but you know, no, you just... got the bug. Sorry, <laughs> no. <not laughs> and then you know, there's things I want to play around with still. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Incredible. My, my Nothing until that. next year, you're saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I need to go to, I need to hit the gym for a while. Yeah, exactly. Because that will make a huge difference. Because obviously it did. If if you're saying that this wasn't as hard as Bromont, and it, perhaps it's the shape you were in going into Bromont. So clearly it's made a difference. Yeah. Right. I definitely have the guts to do it. You sure do. Well, you know what? I heard Bromont several times in our podcast. Yeah. And I have never done Bromont, but you know what? Maybe I should give it a shot. Let's just see what goes. Let's see what Bromont's all about. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's too technical for me. Yeah. I can't stand roots and rocks. I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah. And I speak the language, so maybe that'll help me. <laughs> Yeah, I I did not speak the language and I missed my drop bag at that one. So, oh, but yeah, I'm not prepared. But wow, what all a part ride. of my hilarious story. Yeah, what a ride! That's incredible. <laughs> Is there anything else before we that we missed that you want to tell us what happened? Anything interesting stories? We we pretty much got the gist of it. Yeah, that's, that's it. pretty much okay. It. <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> Well, Coyote's going to be a bit of a drive for you now, but we'd love to have you back. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would. I think that that's the distance I need to do for the next couple of years. Mm. Yeah. And and like get faster, right? And get faster at it. Why not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. Well, we like to end our podcast with a, a few rapid fire questions, if you don't mind. No. They're just silly and fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just I know you don't like chit chat. I read that on your Instagram, <laughs> but this is just <laughs> my small talk. Small talk. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Beer or wine? Uh, beer. That a girl. I was going to say, do you have any tattoos, but you're showing them off. So we know the answer to that. Yes. Are you yeah. going to get one for UTMB? 
maybe. Yes. Probably. Well, they didn't give you I a medal. Have, so you my, gotta... my friends had tattoos. Yeah. There you go. I got this one after I did the trek with my tent. Okay. Um, what is it? We can't really uh, see it, Mandy. What is it? It's um, so I really like the Italian side of Monte Bianco, I guess. And it's um, my favorite like poem kind of mm. you know like Dante and Beatrice ascending into paradise off oh of wow so, that's yeah a great so I got idea. that there should be um, a UTMB I, tattoo design that people can yeah right yeah, I I've been thinking about it okay <laughs> they have little see. caricatures and they're kind of tacky so that's true yeah okay well we want to see I got pictures on my wall right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling yeah Reynolds He's funny. Yeah. You got to give it to him. Is he he's the one married to that Blake girl? Yeah. Yes, Blake Lively. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's got cute. a good sense of humor. I like him in jeans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I have to update this one. So I'm going to say 90s or early thousands music because you're younger. <laughs> 90s. Okay. <laughs> and you know, they're calling that classic music now, like oh, retro. God. 90s is retro. Yeah. I feel so old. Uh, pick yeah, a superpower. I still listen to my Elena. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, she's on here. I should ask you that one instead. Um, <laughs> pick a superpower. Oh, just you're not giving me an option. No. Um, eternal youth is that something? Yeah, that's, that's a good a one. Good one. <laughs> um, what other sport would you like to excel in? Oh, my dad's gonna be thrilled if I say tennis. Yes, and something I that's not dangerous. <laughs> You're going to watch our Canadian in the final today at four o'clock? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so So excited. Awesome. What a story. Oh, okay. So if you had to, which would you choose? A treadmill run or a minus 20 run? Minus 20. Yeah. Definitely. Hmm. Uh, Place that's on the top of your bucket list to travel to. I want to do the Hurt 100 in Hawaii. Oh, oh you do Okay, yeah. you are savage. <laughs> You're asking for punishment. <laughs> yeah, I think that one would be cool. Uh, I think it, I could finish it. it it's yeah, called the Hurt 100 for a reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You hurt 100 times. <laughs> for 100 miles. Yeah, I think I could finish it. You could, obviously. Okay, yeah. last one. Name a food you could eat for a week straight. Well, right now it's soup and smoothies because I'm still nauseous. <laughs> okay, outside of now, like what would what would your favorite? Nachos, definitely nachos. nachos, definitely nachos. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was great. Yeah, it's giving me an insight of what to expect. Yeah, good luck on that course in 2023. So, that's where I'll be. I'll be watching. I will not be there. Switzerland is my worst nightmare. I would never <laughs> want to see Switzerland ever again. Oh, Norm's done a race in Switzerland. You can ask him about that when we when we see you. <laughs> oh yeah, I've done Switzerland. Good luck. <laughs> I'll feel your pain. <laughs> I only I only finished five hours longer than she thought I was going to finish. <laughs> what in Switzerland? Yeah, in Switzerland. Yeah. It only took me five hours longer. <laughs> <sighs> Them Alps get you every time. Yeah, I nice. need to work on that altitude sickness next time. Yeah. Oh, do you think that's what it was? Do you think that's what you? <laughs> Yeah. It was something. Yeah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks. It was nice to see you again, too. As soon as I saw your face, I'm like, now I remember her from Coyote. Absolutely.
I'll be back as soon as I can feel my toes. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. 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 (laughs) Well, there you go. Wow. (laughs) She with true guts and determination. Completely. She is going to get to that finish line. That that sounded rough, but there's no way she's quitting. I love that. Well, why would you quit? Why would you quit? (laughs) Because this is pretty much for most people. It's a one shot deal. One and done. And she went through Oman. Yeah. Which right, and she yeah. went through Beaumont. Beaumont. So, and, and and I'm sure she was feeling lucky that she got in on her first try. Yeah. So you got to get this thing done. Yeah. Because life is too short. <laughs> exactly. And the race walking history is pretty fascinating too. That sure certainly helped her on the hiking. Yes. Part of it, which exactly. is a lot of hiking involved in this race. Oh. Mostly. But uh, get that knee looked after and get back to chase the coyote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. That was awesome. Cool. Loved it. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Please visit us at gotterunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotterunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca. T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K. Gotta run!